Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hi, I'm Alex L., and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hi, Nicole. How are you today? I am well. How are you? I'm doing well today. I'm really actually enjoying this rain that we've been having all day here in the D.C. area. (laughs) Yes, yes, I'm doing good. I'm so honored to be chatting with you. So, of course, I want to just dive right in. But before we do that, can you please let the Hey Girl listeners know who you are and what you do? My name is Nicole Crowder, and I am a furniture designer and upholsterer. Oh, my goodness. So I fell in love. I found you on Instagram randomly, and I fell in love with the meditation pillows. Oh, oh, my friend Erica shared you. It wasn't random. My friend Erica shared you, and I was like, these, I need these. (laughs) (laughs) I love Erica. Like, she's a beautiful photographer, and I'm just, I'm so glad that you came across my work, because, yeah, these pillows, they have been taking up my living room space, but in a great way. It's like having a bunch of, I don't know, colorful, gigantic macaroons lying around They're everywhere. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's a great way to describe them. So tell me a little more about how you got into your profession as a furniture designer and upholsterer and when these meditation pillows made their way into your work. Yeah, I have been doing upholstery for full time about three and a half years now. But when I, my previous career, I was a photo editor. And so I was doing that work for about 10 years. And just during that time, I love what I was doing, but I was becoming a little burned out with it. Just wanting a change of lifestyle, different working way. I don't like repetition too much. At the time, I was shooting sort of like on the side with apartment therapy, doing people's homes. And a woman, she had these beautiful chairs and she told me where she bought them. And I went out to buy a set. Had no idea anything about like upholstery, honestly, as a profession or a craft. But I just was kind of drawn to learning the trade a little bit. And I bought some cheap fabric, reupholstery these chairs and within I would say a week a woman because I put them on Craigslist and a woman came by happened to be an architect and she wanted the chairs and also was asking if I had a showroom for my other pieces and I was like no this is my living room (laughs) (laughs) you know this is all I really have but she was like well you know you really should kind of hone that a little bit because it's not just a hobby it's a niche people have a real desire for it and so that's kind of what I did I became obsessed with upholstery I was on Craigslist every morning like 2 3 a.m fabric and I started doing it in 2013 and 
the first year that I tried upholstery was just a big kind of flop. There was a lot of a huge learning curve, I would say. So I kind of, I left it basically for a while. Got back into photo editing and then photo editing took me across the country to California in 2016. And just like something about that time period really gave me a chance to slow down and ask myself, how did I really want to live and work? Mm -hmm. And photo editing wasn't it anymore. I loved doing it, but it just wasn't bringing joy. I didn't feel as creative. And um, upholstery just kind of was always in the back of my mind. I had already, in a weird way, I forget the, the time frame, but I had already built my website. Not even even having clients, no chairs. I just had the website, the domain. And I said, you know what? I, that's what I want to do with my life. I want to take a chance on myself and explore mm. a different way of working. And so I left California. I moved back to DC and set up my studio out of my apartment. Like my little dining room area was my studio for two years, 400 square feet. And um, just growing it that way. And the pillows, the meditation pillows, fast forward to this year. I do a lot of meditating and I have been looking for a pillow, but the ones that I saw were all like gray or white, didn't have too much in terms of print. And I was like, is this the standard? Is like, that a rule? <laughs> well, I just, you know, decided to make my own and yeah. had fabric remnants. I made six, one for myself and the others I was just going to give to some friends. And then the pandemic hit mm. and I was at home thinking to myself, like I wasn't thankfully in a space where I needed to like continually have client work, but I wanted to contribute in some way. And I didn't want people to, you know, feel pressured into buying a you know four hundred five hundred dollar chair what can I do or give in this moment the pillows were just like the first thing that popped in my head and so I had posted that you know I have these six pillows I'm more than happy to gift them to anyone who might be interested in you know a meditative process at this time to sort of help give a little more breathing space and if anyone else is interested you know I'm happy to make a few more and that just like completely flooded my dms my inbox I felt like I was combing through things for weeks because the requests were just so high kind of felt like wow this is, it's not so much about like people wanting something that I have or that I've made, but genuinely wanting more space for their peace of mind mm -hmm. and, you know, either further or start their own meditation practices. is amazing and it's really awesome too that the best things that give people joy and space to be reflective and introspective in their own process comes so organically so to hear you say I just did this thing for me and then I was you know thinking perhaps if I need it then someone else must need it and you were just spot on and that's just really fantastic so that brings me to like my next question of what has making and meditation taught you about community and offering yourself in different ways through your craft? I love that question because there's so many threads that making initially for myself has since taught me about community. When I first started, you know, you have, I think sometimes, you know, rightly so as an artist, there's a bit of ego there. You want to get your idea out, you know, mm. your impulse to create that thing that you want to see in the world. And I certainly had that when I was first starting. It was like, but I, I want to see chairs in this way or, you know, whatever it was, pillows or a couch in that way. 
Mojave, but just in the past few years of designing and working so closely with people in collaboration, the thread is much more of like how to help people kind of, you know, come home to themselves, see themselves mm-hmm. in the work. It's not so much about me. It's become meditative in that sense because I have become more of an active listener with people and really hearing like, how do you want this chair to fit into your home? How do you want this pillow to work with your decor or with the aesthetic or the vibe, you know, you're trying to invite. There was a woman who she had an idea for a pillow, very specific color palette because the colors, which were very like earthy colors, were coming up in her dreams. And so she wanted something to support her, you know, in sort of manifesting these dreams. And so she was very, you know, kind of thoughtful about the color palette she wanted to use. And that to me, I was like, yes, you know, being able to give someone and create, you know, work that fills me up, but also that energy translates to someone else. It resonates with another person. That has become kind of my own meditation as I'm creating. Mm -hmm. I try not to work on upholstery or sew if I'm stressed or if I'm having a bad day, because I really believe like that energy you kind of put in to the things that you're creating and it can translate to other people. So I kind of, you know, do it when I'm relaxed or calm or just focused and creating furniture that can enhance space and a mood or an experience is like, that's exactly what I want to do with my life in order to activate a space or a feeling for someone else that is good, you know, that's supportive, that is joy, filled with joy. And my studio, prior to the pandemic, I wanted it to also be a reflection of that. I was carving out a space that was like part showroom, part workroom, but also, you know, where folks can come in and teach workshops, whether it was yoga or have a salon, because I want everything to feel as communal as it can and collaborative as it can. That just, we go further together, your creativity is enhanced more with other people. So yeah. I love that. I love that all. And I specifically really resonate with making something when your mood is right, like Mm -hmm. and how important that is. I spoke with another artist not long ago and they were saying the same thing. Like I don't show up in my work if I am like feeling like crap or if I'm feeling sad or if I'm feeling anxious because then it translates to the ultimate work. And I just love that you pointed that out and that you're intentional in that way. I think that's just really radical a radical gift for your customers and also, you know, for yourself so that you are able to like really lean into your craft and enjoy it. I love that. Earlier on, I was making a lot of mistakes and they weren't just mistakes that I was seeing, but it was mistakes that, you know, clients were seeing when I first started. And I had no sense of like, my deadlines were arbitrary. And so mm-hmm. there was so much urgency that I was putting on myself for work. And when I was rushing, you know, you kind of, well, I was making more mistakes. I'm prone to making more mistakes, whether it was, you know, a stitch was off or something wasn't, you know, the quality control wasn't tight. And I just really had to get clear with myself because I, my personality, I will talk fast, move fast, but upholstery has been the thing that's really forced me to slow down, like slow Mm -hmm. my hand down, slow my thinking down, ask more pointed questions. So it's really, I don't know, in a strange way, and I'm kind of thinking through this as we're talking, but it's really saved me in a lot of ways that I was Mm -hmm. not expecting. I thought it was a craft. I'm making things, you know, to beautify spaces, but it's also shifted my own relationship to myself in a really heart opening kind of way. 
Can you talk about that a little more? In what ways do you feel or see the biggest shift happening for you in your work and in your life outside of making things for clients? It's, um, it has definitely made me feel or understand that what I'm creating, like it's not just for me and it's not about me. It's a reflection of... <sighs> Like I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. It's like a reflection of ancestors and hands before me who mm. have worked in this kind of way. It's sort of like a vessel to assist with other people and having space, having beautiful things in their lives, having things that support them and being really mindful of just other people's needs. Because the furniture that I'm making, I'm, I can go out and source fabric and furniture that I love. But at the end of the day, it is to support someone else in a really tangible way, whether it's an office chair for them. You know, it's a chair for like a kid's bedroom. It's your dining room chairs where your family is gathering. It's made me so much more conscious of, you know, listening to other people, listening to their concerns, listening to their desires and feelings about stuff. I sometimes, you know, earlier on would hate to admit, but I definitely... I definitely feel like I have more of a um, kind of an ego about me when creating. When I was in the photo industry, because I wanted to see more of myself out there, I wanted you know this sort of visibility. And upholstery is like you don't need that, sis. Mm. You know. Your work shines on its own. You don't need to puff out your chest. And a lot of the inspiration, when people ask, you know, where my inspiration comes from, there's so much vision, you know, that I'm getting from dreams, from whispers. And it may sound a little woo-woo or strange, but I do feel very much so there's this, like, there's a bunch of spirits, you know, who just kind of guide me in doing this work. Because I had no sense of upholstery before I started. Like, I completely am self-taught. And so being able to navigate and create stuff with the different levels of complexity that upholstery bring, but but doing it in a way that feels calm and natural to me, that's not a gift that's, you know, necessarily me. Mm -hmm. That is, that's like a spirit or an energy that is helping to guide me and also show me like you're here to support other people. And doing that, I'm able to slow down, I'm able to like listen more and just be in touch with others as much as, as my own self. Hearing you say you're here to support other people, man, like that is like an amazing affirmation, gentle reminder that we really are here to share in yes. life together. You know what I mean? That resonates so much for me. So of course, I'm going to talk to you about self-care and what that looks like for you in and out of work. And now specifically, I mean, as a Black woman in the field that you're in, the industry that you're in, how are you filling yourself up so that you can show up as your best self in your work, in your community, in your friendships, etc.? Who I am, it shifts too. Like it's shifted my self-care practices from like late last year to, you know, even a couple months ago. I would say sometimes the bath, I love me a good bath and a whole setup, you know, where it's like my bath salts, my crystals, candle and my music, my phone is not even present. But then other times it is like a phone call, like a long phone call with one of my girlfriends. We will just chat for four hours on the phone. <laughs> it makes no sense. Because I'm like, I just talked to you two days ago, girl. But 
the arc of that conversation, you know, it's everything. And it's from crying to laughing to finger snapping. And I'm just filled with so much joy when those conversations end. It's also meditating is a huge part for me. When I moved to California a few years ago, I didn't have any sort of meditative practice. I was very much in a state of, I felt unfocused and just like I was floating and started using crystals and meditating and doing a little bit of yoga. And so much of recentering is around that. I can really tell when I'm been stressed, haven't really regrouped or tapped into myself and what I really need because I'm just kind of irritable. My sleeping schedule is off. And then I'll say, you know what, when's the last time you meditated? When is the last time you just woke up, you know, were affirming yourself, setting intentions. And so that kind of helps me to just recenter. Having the 15 minutes in the morning to speak kindly to myself, to pray over my family and friends, that changes the whole mood for the day sometimes. And also in terms of work, I really have given myself permission to not respond to everything so quickly. You know, you see an email and you feel that urgency to write back right away or say, I saw it, I'm going to get back to you soon. That just, it builds up so much tension in my body. I try not to start my day until 9 a.m. and then I'll wrap it around 6 or 7. I don't take phone calls outside of those hours typically. And that just helps helps me kind of stay focused. And it also lets my clients know, okay, these are the timeframes, you know, to reach out. And that way I'm not overtaxing myself. When I'm in my studio, I don't even have Wi-Fi in there. It is strictly hands-on working. I have my music. And that just feels like having, you know, five, six hours of uninterrupted work is bliss. I can mm. just bang work out. And I just have really had to unlearn the idea that as an entrepreneur, it's got to be a grind, a hustle. You're always on, no sleep. I enjoy sleep thoroughly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <It is. laughs> I appreciate working more slowly now. Before I was like trying to get everything done, but I love slowing down the process and just spending time, even if I'm not physically reupholstering a piece of furniture, like looking at beautiful fabrics. That just relaxes me so much. I love being inspired by by beautiful things. That's very much a part of my self-care too. Before we wrap up our time together, I would love to know what meditations or affirmations have been coming up for you the most these days as you prepare for your exciting transition back to the West Coast as you, you know, grow in your business. What things are you saying to affirm abundance and clarity in your life? Mm, Yes. One that has just been sticking with me so much is, and I think a lot of people have heard this too in different iterations, but everything that is meant for you is for you. And I accept everything and it's perfect and divine time for my life. That has been really central for me because there's so much that, you know, kind of comes at you and trying to figure out what to say yes or what to say no to can be a little overwhelming sometimes. And to give me some breathing space, I just really affirm myself by saying, I don't want anything outside of the divine time that I should have it. So everything that's for me is for me. I don't have to push. I don't have to force things to happen is kind of best barometer for me in that sense of knowing the direction I should go. So yeah, that's my kind of mantra for myself. Thanks for listening to the show today. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Also, feel free to share with a friend. We love having our community grow. Music is by DC's own Kokai. The Hey Girl Podcast is produced by Wayne Bertram and me, Alex L. 
Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.